This is the Ancient Texan, and I'm here to challenge your thinking or your beliefs about climate change moral. We agree, Ancient Texan and I, that climate change is an important problem. However, it's not the only important problem in the world that we face. We even believe some problems have a higher priority than climate change. Do you find that shocking? Um, we even believe it's not an existential threat to life. The UN just put out a food security and nutrition report in the world. They find 180 million people have food insecurity. It's a fancy way of saying there's a couple of hundred million people on this planet that are starving. You look at these pictures and millions more that you can find on the internet or see on live news. It's pretty easy to believe that there's a lot of poor people on this planet. A lot of them don't have food. Poverty, a state or condition in which a person or community lacks the financial resources and essentials for a minimum standard of living. What's not often understood about poverty is once you get so low, it is really tough to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Bootstraps. If you don't have food today, there's someone in India that uses dung as your principal energy source, cow dung, for cooking your food. And you die prematurely because of lung cancer. Maybe there's just not an option to bring electricity to your community that's within your control. Our current climate policies are pushing these people from starving and having few food insecurity to just being dead. We push real people from starving to dead. Our climate change policies cause starvation. Are they moral? 
Do you believe that we have the right to sacrifice these people that live in this village for the sake of people that may be hurt by climate change in the future? Hmm. What do people need to avoid starving? Well, in the short term, they need food. That's survival 101. On the long term, they need energy, preferably electricity. Do our current climate change policies increase or decrease the availability of food and energy to the poor on this planet? It's a simple question. The answer is simple too. Our climate change policies dramatically decrease food and energy to the poor people on this planet. We are sacrificing the poor. Of course, you should make me back up those opinions with some data and some facts, certainly some logic. Do you know how our climate change policies are killing the poor? Are you willing to consider that there could be a plan B for climate change? that does not sacrifice the poor? Are you willing to consider the fact that a dramatic emotional, and I would even say illogical approach to solving climate change is probably not the best approach. The current religion of climate change is one of doom and gloom. And if we don't act quickly like everybody dies. Is that really true? Who actually gets hurt by climate change? Jump ahead to the answer. The poor people on the planet. Rich America. Most of the people in the world are not. Going to be hurt substantially by climate change. The ones that are going to be hurt. are those that are already on the edge. And if we take away from those people food and the access to energy, what do you think that's going to do to them? There's a whole another choke 
approach to climate change policies. And it has the general assumption is that people can't be on the brink of starvation and survival from one minute to the next and simultaneously address climate change. You have to make those people more prosperous so they can afford the luxury of addressing climate change. A family in India that's burning cow dung to cook their dinner has very little opportunity to address climate change, health issues, education, house. We have benefited from a dramatic increase in living standard in most of the Western world. We are now pursuing policies with climate change that is going to make it much harder for the people of the world. Take the continent of Africa or India or Indonesia or Sri Lanka that just went bankrupt. Pakistan that's going toward bankruptcy. Have you ever have you heard the Brentwood Accord? Well, you need to know about it. It's what's guiding our big financial institutes and our governments on climate change. Is it accidental that our energy cost of gasoline and fuel have gone up in the United States. That's a choice. We are putting pressure on the Exxons of the world to not go after fossil fuels. Exactly how that helps us move toward green energy is to be discussed. My position is that it doesn't. It only decreases accessibility to energy to the marginal people on this planet. Our current climate change policies of restricting fossil fuel energy, especially natural, natural gas, who's it hurting? Of course, you know how fertilizer is made and that you might need some natural gas. Of course, you know that without fertilizer, 
we couldn't feed 8 billion people on this planet. Of course, you know, the second biggest agriculture, agricultural producer, the Netherlands, food output is decreasing because of climate change policies. Of course, you know that those same policies did in Sri Lanka and they're doing in Pakistan. Of course, you know all these things, but maybe you just haven't looked at the details. If you care that our climate change policy is pushing poor people over the edge of the cliff, then come back to this podcast because that's what we're going to talk about the next month or so. If you don't care, go find another podcast. I'm not here to try to make you feel good or make you have a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling in your chest about how you're behind our climate change policies and you're buying an electric car and you're saving the planet. If you want to believe that what we're doing is saving the planet, go somewhere else. I think there are good benefits of what we're doing. But we're not making the exceptions we need to make for the people with food insecurity that need food now and a source of low-cost energy to get out of being poor. Energy is such a basic, it is the basic requirement to get out of being poor. If you don't have energy, You can't make things that help you get out of being poor. You can't make fertilizer. You can't make tractors. You can't make steel. You can't make concrete. Basic stuff for our society, copper, even lead for your battery, plastics, medicine, If you don't have energy, the world is that we know in the Western world does not exist without, why is the U.S. doing better than anyone else on the planet at the moment? We have the lowest cost energy. And we have a democracy, as troubled as it is, that allows us to use that energy to make things that make our life better. We are taking a moral 
high ground that says we have the right to deny that energy to other people on the planet. And how are we doing this? It's called the Brentwood Accord. We're going to talk about that on probably the next podcast. But it's the way through our financial system that we're cutting off investments to people that need energy and that need food. It's cutting off investment and in some case making it illegal to even do stuff like use fertilizers. Yeah, that's, if you haven't been keeping track of what's happening in the world, that probably sounds to you like that's, that's ridiculous that we would stop people from using fertilizers to grow crops. We would regulate the farmers and tell them how to grow crops. These aren't dumb farmers. These are Netherlands are the highest productivity farmers in the world. So if you just want to ignore the whole thing that our climate change policies are hunky-dory and we're saving the planet from catastrophe, then don't come back here because that's not going to be my sermon. My sermon is that we're making choices on our climate change policies that are sacrificing the poor. I hope to show that to any reasonable person. And guess what? I'm not the one creating these ideas. There's a lot of us that realize that what we're doing, because we think a disaster is around every corner, um, is not logical. And we're acting like God in a lot of places. But there's a group of us that's pushing back and saying, all our policies for climate change that are designed to help people in the future, we must not sacrifice the people that are living today that are on the edge We cannot push them over the edge of the cliff because of some people that may die in the future. First, it's very presumptuous of us to think that all the solutions for climate change and a warming planet have been exhausted and that there's no chance of some very dramatic technology. We've actually done this before. We've actually put particulates on the planet in the atmosphere and lowered the temperature. We didn't do it on purpose. We just did fugitive emissions. We put SO2 up in the air. We put particulates from burning things poorly. We actually know 
how to put particulates in the planet, in the atmosphere, and lower the temperature of the earth. Are there possible side effects? Yes, but there's side effects to everything. We actually know how to make nuclear energy plants and supply the planet with with affordable energy that doesn't make CO2. But shouldn't we take these solutions first before we push the poor people off the edge of the planet? Obviously, I can't address all these subjects in in one podcast. They have to be a series of podcasts that look at our climate change policies and see the side effects of them and offer one at a time alternatives. But this is the, the theme over the next few weeks. How do we do climate change? How do we reduce climate change without killing off the poor? My dogs come to join me, tell me that it's the end of the podcast. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan asking you to come discuss these things. And it's probably going to make you feel worse when you come here. That's just the way it is. This is the ancient Texan. Have a good day. Good day. Namaste. Namaste.